0: is the only true crime podcast on the internet where all the killers are animals. I'm your host James Chapman aka Jimmy the Chappies aka uh Jimmy Crisp aka Jack Chamberlain aka uh Drillbit Taylor and uh yes thank you for joining me for yet another episode. Today we are discussing a uh uh, I guess I would say a recent animal attack um, or animal attacks surrounding a killer whale named Tilikum uh, My main source today is uh, The documentary Blackfish, which is available uh, on Stan. <laughs> I think it was Stan I watch it on um, but you can rent it on YouTube as well uh, Blackfish, I think released in 20-2013 um, A really well-made documentary. It was pretty critically cl- pretty acclaimed when it was released um, it Has some fantastic uh, it goes into some really good detail, um, which I couldn't really get into today on today's episode for the for the podcast. So if you have time, I really recommend giving a, giving Blackfish a listen. Um, just want to stay up front that Blackfish also had some detractors some criticism leveled at it um, some of the SeaWorld trainers who were interviewed in the documentary said that it was different to what they thought that what they were expecting that they had some of their words twisted around um, just want to say that up front that it's not hundred 100% an unimpeachable source um, however the details that I took from it for this episode for this script um, were things that were based on video footage that really can't be denied. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it, these aren't really opinions that I'm saying. These are things that uh, were were included in the documentary that uh, have been proven to be true. And I've, you know, left out any anything that you know any opinions of trainers that couldn't be 100% backed up. Uh, yeah. So, having said that, you know, this has been a really cool episode to research. Orca are far more interesting creatures than I had, uh, you know, given them credit for in the past. But after hours of watching footage of you know killer whales. I still, and this is like a 28 year long problem for me, I still think that the white patches on their head are their eyes, <laughs> like they they look like venom from, from the Spider-Man comic books, um, no, the, the white patches on their head are just patches, their eyes, you can see them, they're just black and you, you know, they're camouflaged to the rest of their body, I, every time I see a killer whale, I just go, oh yeah, those are their eyes, they have massive white, uh, stupid patterned eyes, um, Yeah, (laughs) that's just, I guess, my own stupidity. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. If you're the same and you thought that the white patches on a killer whale were eyes, or, you know, at least your first instinct is to think they're eyes, I guess let me know. Um, and, oh, a a place you can let me know, by the way, and I can't believe it's taken this long to mention this, is, uh, my Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram at jimothychaps. I've been asking a lot of, um, questions, like, poll questions on my Instagram story about, like, what, um what stories i should cover next i think recently i asked if people would be more interested in the leopards of panar or the wolves of ashtar um and i think people thought the wolves were a more interesting story i mean i'm gonna cover all these stories eventually um but you know it's good to know what you guys are interested in and uh, that's sort of the order i'll release things uh you know a good example of that is this episode I asked if people would be more interested in uh Tilikum the whale or Tilikum the killer whale rather or the great emu war and I was surprised I thought the great emu war would be the uh the you know definite pick for a lot of people because it's a bit of a meme um but no people were more interested in Tilikum so uh I'm gonna do the the emu war episode after this um by the way, I'm gonna record these two episodes back to back as well. So if you hear rain in the background, it's because there's a massive storm going on. But it's Freedom Day in New South Wales tomorrow. Tomorrow is the 11th of October. Lockdown is over for for the majority of the citizens in New South Wales. So I know that I'm just gonna get thrust back into the real world after this. So my goal was to have, uh, you know, at least eight episodes recorded, done and dusted and scheduled into the feed um, so I didn't have to worry for a few weeks so that I could get snowed back under with work and stuff. So yeah, if you hear anything um, similar in both episodes, that's why. A little bit of behind the scenes trivia for you. Anyway, I feel like this intro has gone on way too long, so let's cut that out and uh, jump straight into the story of Tillicum the killer whale. Killikum was an Icelandic orca, born in approximately December of 1981. Orca, better known as killer whales, are toothed whales belonging to the oceanic dolphin family, of which it is the largest species. Recognizable by its distinct black and white patterned body, orca are considered one of the most socially intelligent animals on the planet, in many ways surpassing even humans. Orca can be found in every ocean on Earth and a variety of marine environments, from freezing Arctic and Antarctic regions to tropical seas near the equator. Tilikum was captured when he was two years old, along with two other young whales from his pod in 1983 near Reykjavik in Iceland. Tilly, as he became known, spent around a year in a marine park in Hafnafjör, which I guarantee I'm pronouncing incorrectly, before being transferred to Sealand of the Pacific in Oak Bay, Canada. Sealand of the Pacific was a public aquarium which was part of the Oak Bay marina from 1969 until 1992. Over its history, it housed 11 different orca. At Sealand, Tilikum was placed in an enclosure with two other older female whales named Haida 2 and Nootka 4. Orca have a matriarchal society and as such Tilikum was abused by the other two whales. Aside from being a different sex to the other whales, Tilikum was also from another part of the world. It's important to understand that Orca are very social animals and behave and communicate differently depending on where they are from. For example, a whale from Iceland will have a different quote-unquote language than a whale from New Zealand. This also contributed to them ostracizing him. This abuse included the female orca raking his skin. This is when whales drag their teeth along another whale's body, causing deep scratches and cuts. Workers at Sealand described Tilikum's whole body being covered in rake marks in certain points of his life. In the wild, a male orca would steer clear of the females and stay on the outside of their pod, but due to the extreme small pools that the whales were being kept in, Tilikum did not have this option of giving to and Nootka for some space. At night, the three whales were herded into a smaller, steel shelter that would become completely dark. This was due to fears that animal rights activists would sneak into the open air open water enclosures and open the gates, releasing the orca into the ocean. The staff at Sealand recount feeling upset, forcing Tilikum into such a small, dark enclosure with other whales that they knew would bully and abuse him. Tilikum lived in these conditions without a major incident until 1991. On February 20th, 1991, 21-year-old marine biology student Kelty Bird slipped and fell into the pool containing Tilikum, Haida, and Nootka while working as a part-time trainer at Sealand. As soon as she entered the water, Tilikum charged and grabbed Byrne, pulling her to the bottom of the pool. The orca dragged Kelty around the pool and repeatedly prevented her from surfacing. Other staff members tried to interfere by throwing her life rings, but the other two whales prevented them from entering the water to rescue her. At one point, Kelty managed to reach out to the side of the pool and attempted to climb out, but Tilikum pulled her back into the pool. She surfaced three times before drowning. It was several hours before her body could be recovered from the bottom of the pool. Sealand said that it was impossible to know which of the whales had instigated the attack, but eyewitnesses claimed that it was definitely Tilikum. They could identify him by his collapsed dorsal fin, which they had learned about during the show that they saw while attending Sea Land. Dorsal fin collapse occurs in nearly all captive male orca. According to these witnesses it was Tilikum who attacked and dragged Kelty to the bottom of the pool while the other two whales circled and watched. Not long after this event, Sealand of the Pacific was closed and SeaWorld purchased the orcas. Tilikum was moved to SeaWorld Orlando on January 9, 1992. The staff at SeaWorld knew all about the incident with Kelty Byrne, but were not told that Tillicum was the whale responsible for her death. During his time at SeaWorld, Tillicum experienced significantly better conditions than at Sealand. However, in 1999, another incident occurred. On January 6, 1999, 27-year-old Daniel P. Dukes was found dead and naked, splayed over Tillicum's back in his sleeping pool. Dukes had visited the park earlier that day and had evaded security to stay after the park had closed he then stripped down naked and entered Tilikum's tank unclothed. Despite numerous above and below water cameras in and near Tilikum's tank, Seawold claims the event was not captured on video. An autopsy found that his cause of death was drowning, but also noted that his body was covered in wounds, contusions, abrasions, and that his genitals had been bitten off, allegedly by Tilikum. Eleven years later, in 2010, Tilikum took yet another life. On February 24th, Dawn Branchow, a veteran marine animal trainer, was performing the Dime with Shamu show with Tilikum. In this show, the audience would eat at an open-air restaurant while watching an orca perform tricks with a trainer. During this show, while performing a trick where Tilikum would circle the tank and wave at the audience, Tilikum either missed, didn't hear, or ignored a whistle that was his cue to stop the trick and return. After completing another lap of the pool, he returned to Branchow expecting fish as a reward for him completing the trick. Dawn did not reward him due to him missing the recall whistle. From this point on, the whale appeared to lose enthusiasm for the performance and the trainers who have watched the footage of this show note that Tilikum seemed frustrated. After the show, during a cooldown bonding session, Tilikum grabbed Branchow and pulled her to the bottom of the pool. SeaWorld claimed that he grabbed her by the ponytail, which she was not supposed to have, it was not regulation and it should have been up in a bun. Some witnesses, however, claimed that she was actually grabbed on the wrist or the shoulder. The orca's move seemed to have been very quick, pulling her underwater and drowning her. At least several patrons witnessed Branchow in the water with Tilikum. Employees used nets and threw food at Tilikum in an attempt to distract him. Moving from pool to pool in the complex, they eventually directed Tilikum into a smaller, medical pool where it was easier for them to calm him. After approximately 45 minutes, Tilikum released Branchow's body. Orange County for rescue. uh 6600 sea harbor drive okay um sea world my fortune okay and where's the patient located inside the they park? are at shamu stadium we actually have a trainer in the water with one of our whales the whale that they're not supposed to be in the water with okay so we don't know what's going on um we were just told to call and have people here on standby when they get the person out okay and do you know if you, so you don't know if the person was injured okay. or if they're having a medical problem no idea. Okay, very I don't well. Don't, I don't even think they're out of the water yet. They're still in there with the whale, so. Okay, but someone is unseen and they are getting them out of the water there, now. there are people working on it, yes. There's okay. about two three dozen people over there right now. All right. We'll get somebody in route. Okay, and- through gate number three to Shamu Stadium. Gate three. Gate three. All right, got it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Fire rescue. Hi, this is um, SeaWorld. I just called. Uh-huh. Can you let them know that they pulled the AED? Say what? They pulled the defibrillator. Also, oh. for that they're coming to SeaWorld for. They just pulled it out of the box. I just got an alarm. Okay. Alrighty, man. I think you haven't got any more information about what's going No, on. I don't, no. They're still working. Oh, okay, very good. Thanks for the addition. Right. We'll pass it on, too. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, Bye-bye. Hi, This is the emergency. The 6600 Sea Harbor Drive. This is SeaWorld again. Okay. Um, they're going to go ahead and bring them in the park. Can you let them know? Okay. They're going to. They're going to bring the vehicles into the park. Okay. I'll let My know. guys are waiting for them at gate three. Okay. Gate three. Already. Right. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Bye right, bye. Right, the autopsy report said that Branchaud died from drowning and blunt force trauma. Her spinal cord was severed and she had sustained fractures to her jawbone, ribs, and a cervical vertebra. Her scalp was completely torn from her head, and her left elbow and left knee had been dislocated. Immediately after this event, SeaWorld prohibited trainers from entering the water with Orca. This echoed similar orders that were given after trainers had been injured by animals, but these protocols were often temporary and usually reversed. This time, however, OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, solidified this ban by intervening. There was a lengthy court case to decide whether or not Seaworld was in any way at fault for the death of Dawn Branchow. The court was scathing in its assessment of Seaworld's expert Mr Andrews' opinion that, quote, grabbed Miss Branchow by the hair out of curiosity because he was unfamiliar with it, as quote-unquote speculative and having no basis in fact. The court criticised Seaworld's closed system of logic which blamed trainers for their injuries by a forward circularity of reasoning whereby, quote, Seaworld believes it conditions all aspects of behaviour. All behaviour is thus predictable. If an undesired behaviour occurs, it is because the trainer missed a known precursor. Ergo, the trainer is always at fault for the killer whale's undesirable behaviour. In this closed system, any injury sustained by a trainer will always be traceable to human error. It is not the operant conditioning program that is inadequate, it is the performance of the trainer that is flawed. The court ultimately ruled against SeaWorld and banned all in-water performances with Orca. SeaWorld has filed several appeals against this decision claiming that since the Shamu performance was its star attraction, in-water performances with Orca is integral to its business. In 2014, the US Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia denied a petition for review, with Brett Kavanaugh being the sole judge to side with SeaWorld. Brett Kavanaugh, a judge, lover of beer, and accused sexual assaulter, would later become a Trump-appointed Supreme Court Justice. Kavanaugh also said of Branch to be fearless, courageous, tough, to perform a sport or activity at the highest levels of human capacity, even in the face of known physical risk, is among the greatest forms of personal achievement for many who take part in these activities. Grant is one of only two animal trainers to be killed by killer whales. The other is Alexis Martinez, a trainer from Loro Park's orca ocean in the Canary Islands, who was killed only two months prior to dawn. On Christmas Eve 2009, Alexis was killed by an orca named Keto that was on loan from SeaWorld. During rehearsal for a show, Keto attacked Martinez by grabbing him by the foot, dragging him to the bottom of his tank and then ramming him full speed in the chest. Martinez died of massive internal bleeding at the age of 29. Attacks on humans by orca in the wild are extremely rare and are never fatal. Branchow, Martinez, Dukes and Byrne are the only four people in history to have been killed by orcas in captivity. Of these four, Tilikum was involved in three of the cases. Tilikum was the subject for the acclaimed documentary Blackfish which was released in 2013. After the incident with Branchow, Tilikum continued to live at SeaWorld. Tilikum was a breeder whale and fathered 21 orcas through artificial insemination. Some of Tilikum's carbs were Nair, born 1993 and died in 1996; Una, 1996 to 2015; Suma, 1998 to 2010; Tua, 1999 to present; Takoa, 2000 to present; Nakia, 2001 to present; Kohana, 2002 to present; Akeka, 2002 to present; Skyla, 2004 to 2021; Malia, 2007 to present; Sakari, 2010 to present. And Machio, 2010 to present. In 2016 it was announced that Tilikum's health was deteriorating and it was thought that he had a lung infection due to a bacterial pneumonia, a common cause of death in captive whales and dolphins. On January 6 2017 SeaWorld announced that Tilikum had passed away early in the morning. The cause of death was reported as a bacterial infection. And that was the story of Tilikum, the killer whale. You know, the 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 one fact for me that I was really surprised by when I started learning this was that there have only been four people in history killed by killer whales. I always thought that they were really dangerous animals, you know, I, it's in their name. But even just seeing their behavior in the wild and just seeing them hunting other animals like seals, uh, I, just, I, I just assumed they were much more prolific killers of humans, but they're not. Um... They've never killed someone in, pu- in, in in public, they've never killed someone in the wild. There have been, you know, attacks, you know, little nibbles here and there, but they've never killed anyone in, in, in um, I nearly said public again, in the wild. And yet, there've only been four cases of killer whales killing humans um, in captivity, and it blows my mind that 75% of those cases were tilicum. Um, that's not to say, by the way, that there aren't cases of killer whales attacking humans in captivity that's happened lots of times and if you watch blackfish you can see at least two other examples that i can think of one is uh i think it was a male trainer riding on the back of one of the orca and then a second killer whale jumps jumps out of the water and just lands on top of him and just crushes him and i think he survived but i don't know if he walked again um and there was another incident where um a killer whale grabbed a female trainer by the arm by the wrist and was trying to pull her in and and wasn't successful and you can see this killer whale um sorry you can see this woman's wrist just like u-shaped like bent the wrong way so you know they are more aggressive in captivity and to be completely honest and this is my opinion here i kind of don't blame them um it seems really cruel to me to keep (laughs) keep whales in captivity. Like, I'm not one of those people that thinks that all zoos and marine parks are inherently evil. Um, I know that like lots of zoos, like Taronga Zoo, for example, a really good, uh, a really good example, serve multiple purposes. Yes, it's a zoo where people can come and see the animals as sort of exhibits, but there are a lot, it, it's more of a, the other half of that business is that it's a, it's a conservation effort. Um, you know, they, they look after animals, they rehabilitate animals. They also educate the public on animals. Like I think that a lot of animals, uh, who are at risk in the wild for whatever reason, poaching or deforestation, a lot of people don't really care. But when they do get to see them in, up close and personal, they, they care a lot more. I spent, um, the beginning of this year, a few, days at, um, Taronga Zoo, um, and, uh, yeah, it was great, they're, they're a really good zoo, and I really like them, um, so there there are ethical ways to do it, but, but killer whales, man, are just one of the animals that should not be, you know, kept in captivity, it's, you know, one of the things that proves that to me is the statistic that, like, virtually every single male, killer whale in captivity has a collapsed dorsal fin which is like you know not only ugly to look at it just looks painful um i did a little research on collapsed dorsal fins it it very rarely happens in the wild so it's a phenomenon that it's, it's almost exclusively to captive killer whales um there are a few theories on why this is one of the leading ones is that the killer whales are um forced in captivity to spend so much more time above the water, either, like, you know, on those ramps, where they just sort of sit out of the water, um, and, you know, with their fins out of the, out of the water, so that the trainers can ride them, so, apparently, the collagen in the, in the, uh, fins reacts with the air differently, and that's one of the reasons, there's a bunch of other reasons, one of them is that, uh, because the orca are forced to swim in such small circles, that it flops down, um, another reason is just, like, to do with the, the makeup of the water as well, and also just, you know, the, the stress, the stress of being in there, um, Blackfish is such a great documentary to watch, there's so much more information about Killer Whales and Tilikum, um, that, that I just couldn't fit into this episode, but, you know, it, it's a heartbreaking documentary, it, and it, it is flawed, it's not perfect, the criticism of, the, the Sea World levels at this documentary, as well as the people who were actually in the documentary, um, makes me think that it's not a it's not a 100% credible source but it is worth having a watch and making your own decisions um i think like i said in the intro it's it's on stand and it's worth it's worth a watch it makes you really think about <laughs> whether or not you want to go to SeaWorld again i think from memory that SeaWorld has like you know stopped at, at the very least they're not importing any new orca into their into their attractions and the ones that they have i think i you know i doubt that they're going to release them into the wild because i don't think they will survive um but you know when they die i don't think that they're going to replace them and i don't think that they have a breeding program anymore either just to end it on a weird note as well by the way in blackfeet if you've ever wanted to know what um artificial insemination of a whale uh looks like part of that process you get to see that um it's disgusting i didn't know what a whale's penis looked like And, boy, that was a simpler time in my life, a few days ago, when I didn't know what a whale dick was. Um, You can't go back from something like that. So if you are going to watch this documentary, just know, you're going to see a whale penis, and it's going to change your life. And maybe in in a good way, maybe in a bad way. For me, it was a bad way, because I can't get that weird three-meter-long worm out of my head. (laughs) At least they don't show you the, uh, yeah, I'm going to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) that's so gross thank you for joining me everybody uh for another episode of man eater i really appreciate your continued support um if you are enjoying this series please um yeah follow it subscribe do all that horse shit you know the drill uh i really appreciate you have a great uh time and i'll see you in the next episode where we're going to tackle a much uh more light-hearted subject the the great emu war which has been something I've been really looking forward to looking at for a long time and it does not disappoint that story is as ridiculous as it sounds so yeah join me next week or next in a couple days I don't know I've been releasing these twice a week by the way so I I can't plan ahead that much I don't know when this is going to come out probably pretty soon so I don't know it doesn't matter. Have a great day or night, wherever you are. Stay safe. If you're going out of lockdown, you know, stay healthy. Um, don't be mean to service people. Please, God, don't be mean to service people. Jesus Christ. Imagine being the person at the front of a store that has to say no to a bogan who didn't get vaccinated or doesn't want to wear a mask. Anyway, that's as political as I'm going to get. Bye, everybody. Have a good day.